0: Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience, a podcast confronting current events, politics, comedy, and
1: calamity, all from the perspective of a trans titanist. She's a verbal black belt, skilled in the art of roasting, the hell mouth, doomsayer, CEO of the Amazon position. Here's your host, Cameron Ellen Terrell. Welcome to Tranos and the Lived Experience. My name is Cameron Eileen Maharet Jarrell, aka Tranos. Say that shit with your whole chest, or um, I'm just gonna start powerbombing people for just no reason. Like I'm just gonna, I'll pop, I'll, I'll powerbomb your grandmother at the family recital. <laughs> this is the show Tranos and the Lived Experience, the show that is beyond metaphysical skepticism. Do yourselves a favor and look that up. That is part of the topic that we'll be talking to today. Today's show is brought to you, as always, by the meeting of marijuana and music. Today's strain is mimosa. AKA Purple Mimosa, it's a hybrid strain, indica heavy, made by crossing clementine and purple punch in small doses. this strain produces happy, level-headed effects that will leave you feeling uplifted and motivated enough to take on any mundane task. Mundane task being us taking problematic white gay people to task today. That's exactly what's gonna happen today. And the song of choice seems as though everyone knows that Tranos is a fan of the Deftones. Yes, I've picked the Deftones four times already. It's engine number nine. Get into it. Um, Today's guest is a very special guest and a friend. Oh, there I go being unprofessional and not turning down the volume on my phone. While I'm doing that, please introduce yourself.
0: I am Paola Gonzalez, or known around in some circles as PJ the Web. It's awesome
1: to have a professional wrestling sister here. I really wish we lived closer so we could protect each other at shows. Oh, yeah, that would be Fantastic. I get so much shit here being a trans wrestler and I'm like the only one.
0: Oh, gosh. Uh, I I think I can. I can understand because I like, uh, I'm not saying that things have been perfect around here because they have not, you know, but like just finding the opportunities to work shows that it it can be it can be a little bit tough sometimes, you know? Yes. Um, Yes. Very much. it's, It's very much. It's not easy, you know, and in the business, unfortunately, like to an extent, to me, when I when I when I hear from people in the business and and saying, giving shitty reasons as to why they will not book a trans wrestler, is just the the to me, it's just the tip of the iceberg. Because honestly, like I've been doing this for a long time, and it's like like the way that I view that that I see wrestling and the ways that I that, that I understand what what the best of wrestling is, like. Those excuses shouldn't be in there in the first place. I mean, just
1: right, so. right. They shouldn't be there in the first place. And I, I can imagine all the things that you actually heard. But first, before we get into that, how long have you? How long have you been wrestling? So,
0: I started in nineteen ninety nine. Yay! I, I, I'm an old timer. I, I started in nineteen ninety nine. Uh, the only reason that probably not many people know who I am is because I started in Puerto Rico, and back then in the in the nineties. You know, we yeah. didn't have Facebook, social media wasn't what it is today. You know, right, right. And um, back then, like Puerto Rico, if, if it's it's pretty much it's own territory. It's not like like if if you start training in the in mainland USA, you know that that you may get more connections. Puerto Rico yeah, was yeah. it's it's own thing. So. And I remember the the when I decided to start training, like uh, like the only the, the only thing that I knew about my trainer was that he was he used to work for Carlos Colon Promotion in Puerto Rico, WWC, and that was the only thing that I was sure about him because I've seen him wrestling on TV, and it wasn't okay. it wasn't like um, it was what would be in WWE a jobber. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, you know, but in Puerto Rico to make he, he used to work with the big names that WWC had in Puerto Rico. His job was to make them look good, you know, pretty much, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, which is a job, it's a job, it, so it <laughs> is exactly. And and he he had his own promotion, he, he had his own school. I remember just passing by and and it was almost like he had the feeling of backyard wrestling but it but it was because his wrestling was in the backyard of his house you know and, and and but he was a good trainer like the the matches that i have with him in puerto rico were some of the best and he trained me really well and and he he helped me you know in the in the business in the beginning you know then later right. on i got the opportunity to go to the monster factory in in new jersey and at that time larry sharp was the one in charge and I stayed there for about a year. And then uh, I, I I had to go back to Puerto Rico. And then um, I ended up uh, moving in 2004 to the area. Y- and, you know, again, y- I came back to, a, to an area where nobody knew why, why it was because social media, again, social media was not how it is today. Today, a wrestler, if you any wrestler, if you are a worker, you know, social media has an impact. You know, that's what we're having a lot of like the new world wrestlers they, they they can get opportunities like being on the idol dark because of a presence of social media, you know. You can put your right. matches on YouTube. You that there's more um, it's easier to make the contacts that you need to, but back in the day like it was very difficult and um
1: yeah, I understand. I started working in 1997. So, I understand I understand that completely. And like social media did play a very very large part in like the resurgence of my career before I actually like left the first time. Mm-hmm. But um I don't want to I don't want to speed you past anything, but let me ask you some more questions. Um so you said you moved you moved to the states in 2004, right?
0: Um yeah, but it wasn't the first time that I had moved to, to the States. I had moved to, to the States in uh, 2000 to 2001, to late 2001. I was living in uh, South Jersey, Philadelphia area, which is how yeah. I ended up being able to go to a monster factory because the monster factory was ne- near that area there. And um, yeah. and I trained there for, for about a year, you know. Then I returned back to Puerto Rico. And then in 2004, after I finished my master's degree, then I moved to the Albany, New York area. I was hoping to to finish a PhD degree, because at that point, I thought that, like, oh, yeah, I can finish a PhD degree. Maybe I will be able to find an amazing job out there. And thus ended up uh, moving to the area. And the reason I stayed is, like, uh, a lot of factors. Like, one, employment opportunities. And uh, two, the fact that there's help around here for transgender people, because in Puerto Rico at the time, like, I knew I was trans from an early age, so 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 I don't want to get into that but like I knew that I was trans from an early age, but in Puerto Rico the resources for transgender people they were I didn't know where to go. Yeah. I didn't know who could I trust to talk about how I was, how I was feeling and uh, and it scares me because I I grew up in a highly conservative environment and also a very religious environment and staying up here was kind of like the best choice because it's like okay so i can find somebody to talk to i can find the resources that i need to to be able to transition and um and and being away from my family to kind of remove a stress that sometimes we face Because sometimes we can get rejected by our families, you know, and and I still remember when I came out to my parents back in 2008, like, I almost got completely ditched by my parents, you know? Yeah. It's been only a matter of, like, time and and, and effort that I've been able to keep that relationship going, and and my dad is accepting, you know, saying that everything is perfect, but at least he accepts me, you know? Uh, Same with my mom and some family members, but... Not all family members have accepted me, and some family members have completely ditched me. And again, I it was something that I expected to happen. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. Like, I, I, I our lives kind of mirror each other a little bit with the traveling around and like what I came out. I came out much later. Um, I came out in two thousand and thirteen. I didn't start. Actually, I came out to a small group of people in 2013. I didn't actually come out to the wrestling world until 2015. And at, by that point, I had been on hormones for a year. So I kind of had to come out mm-hmm. to them. Um, people saw, people noticing changes in my body and changes in like my weight fluctuating and like just a, overall changes in my face and like body started happening. like these things, uh, uh, for the podcasting listeners, I am pointing at my ginormous tits, uh, because they, those became pretty hard to hide for the most part. But I, yeah, you were talking about, um, your family. Like, so you said that you're, that it's, it's, it's where it should be now. It's not perfect, but it, it's where it should be. Um, how did you find some way to supplement like that family, like need like that need for a bond with a group once you got
0: here? Did you find like friends and I I have met friends along the way? And I think that has helped a lot too. Not going to say that everything's perfect, because it's not perfect, but I have some some good friends, you know, and, and there's uh, also support around the area too, you know, that kind of like has replaced family because I got I think it's difficult when you move from a from a total different environment. Because like even though Puerto Rico is a US territory and we're kind of like very similar, you know, like there's still the culture shock of moving to a total different place. Like yeah. Like, like I don't know how can I explain that. I don't know how but it's it's just completely different. You know, things are not the same and they're very different things happening you know when you when, when you change your your environment you know and uh, right. it, it was a tough time it is a tough time still sometimes you know especially because of the distance you know there are certain things that happen down down in Puerto Rico and it's like well there's not much I can do about that
1: right like you're kind of just like kind of like too far away to actually like focus on it and help actually figure out ways to help with things that are going on there and that's got to be hard. Now let's get into like the real crux of what uh, brought about this episode. So um, I am an employment advocate in my day to day work for trans people. Mm-hmm. Like what I do is I um, I argue their case for equality in workspaces. I safeguard them in workspaces, and I uh, we kind of monitor how trans employees are treated. By companies in the area that I live in, like like what what happens is, a trans person goes to work, something discriminatory happens. Um, they talk to their HR, the HR gives them the runaround. They then ask for a peer advocate. That's when I'm brought in, and, and then like I kind of have to
0: like that's circumvent awesome. certain things, reteach, train people. That's awesome now, because that's uh, actually needed in the in the community, you know? Right. Because well, yeah. even though New York State and and, and for people that are not aware like new york state passed agenda we finally got agenda i'm trying to think when when it happened it was a few it months, was
1: uh november of
0: 2019 yes yeah. so it's so it's it's quite recently that that, that it yeah. just passed but it's been like uh, i remember because i did some advocating with uh the empire state pride agenda and uh yeah and and they were trying to advocate for that and advocate for that and like it was a constant struggle and finally it happened and we got gender but that doesn't mean that things still are not going to happen because honestly like when it comes to employment employment is one of those things that trans people face discrimination all the time like it's it's all the time and it's still something that even though i i have all my documents in place and that kind of stuff i still year when I have to go to job interviews, when I have to go to, uh, when I'm applying, uh, for employment, because you never
1: know. Yeah. You know, you, you actually never know. And I think the big, the biggest takeaway for everybody is I, I, I brought you on because I wanted some, I wanted my audience to hear someone else's perspective about, um, Employment and uh, the the pitfalls of being trans, and and trying to navigate spaces of employment. Is there a particular story that like sticks out in your mind? That's like just something that you would like to share? Because a lot of the time, cisgender people don't believe that this stuff is happening because we live in a state like Roche, like 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 New York. So a lot of the times you tell them these stories about like for instance, one of the instances that happened to me was I was accosted in a bathroom. And um, at one job and I reported it and I got fired. Wow. Um, And then there was another instance where there was a going pool at a warehouse job that I used to work at um, on whether or not I sat or stood to pee. And I found like the piece of paper everybody was writing on in like the like the cafeteria, Uh like it was just left on a table. And I told H.R., they did an investigation. I'm doing air quotes because you guys can't see me. Um, uh, uh, they did an investigation and they found that none of these people committed anything that was transphobic. That's so do you have like a story like that, that pops out in your mind about an instance where you were in the employment um, re- like arena and something happened that wasn't supposed to happen?
0: I uh, I do. And um, this was before I changed my name legally. And, mm-hmm. and and I think everybody struggled through this because like uh, part of the w- when you're when you're transitioning part of the process is like sometimes we change our name legally, and yes. unfortunately that costs money. Like, yes, like it's expensive. It's a legal process, and sometimes like you really have no choice but to pay uh, a lawyer to help you out because it's sometimes a little, uh, process that is like complicated. So this was before I transitioned gender, so. When you fill out that job application, you know, you 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 have no choice but to use your legal name. And at that time I hadn't changed my name legally. And I applied to, I decided to apply to a subway, you know, a subway, a freaking yeah. subway. My right. gender has nothing to do about making sandwiches, you know, right. I can make sandwiches, that's, that's a job. Whatever my name is or how I choose to identify shouldn't have any impact of me getting a job to make a sandwich. Right. So I applied to Subway. They I give my application to the to the manager of the of the chain. And the manager goes and it's like calls me by my legal name. I'm like, Yeah. Uh, and then sits down in front of me and it's like Come here, let look look again at the application. Look at me, look at the application. And it goes like Really? I'm like, Yeah. Wow. And, <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to get that job. Like
1: how long ago was that?
0: That was back in uh, 2010 and 2011. Oh yeah. That's back
1: when cis people were still wild. Yeah. (laughs) When they were still like, like drastically verbally, like transphobic in workplaces because there was no checks and balances at that
0: time. Now it's a little bit more of like, I don't have to worry too much about that. I still worry because sometimes, like when you're filling out uh, job applications, or some job applications that will require you, uh, have you ever been known by a different name? So you have to, yeah. again, right. you you cannot lie because it's going to set up some some problems. So you have to write. I remember sitting. Uh, I was filling out a job application. Uh, they they hiring paperwork for working at Home Depot, and I'm like, oh geez, this question came up. So I have to like write it in there, and I'm like, well, I wrote like right in there. Now I just hope that nobody that I get hired. They did hire me, but I was like sweating. I remember sweating, just sweating my neck yeah. right there. And yeah. uh, and then now it's uh, it's also like if I apply to professional jobs because I, I have education, like I I, I have a, an engineering degree. There are some jobs that require me to submit my my college transcript from from my school in Puerto Rico, and. Right. Uh, my transcript from Puerto Rico is under my previous name. So when they ask me for that, it's like, well, here goes nothing. I just hope that I get selected, you know?
1: Right. And and, and the thing about the gender law is now that you're you're protected from that, but look how long it took. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. I have to get security clearances for the job that I used to have. I used to be intervention specialist direct support professional. And I had to get clearances and they do background checks. Mm-hmm. So I had to like write down my dead name. I had to write down every like address that I've had for the last 23 years. And it was like, as soon as I gave them that information, I was just like terrified because I'm like, I'm a trans person. I live outwardly as a trans person. My name is legally changed. It it looks feminine to some people. Some people assume it is a feminine name, but then when they hear my voice and they meet me, then all those questions come up. And then when they get, the transcripts or they get like a background check then they know and then they get to choose what they're going to do with that information um in one in one case that information was passed around like my like name and all of that stuff was like kind of given to other employees and like so then people started calling me by my dead name which is a sealed document (laughs) like so there's like violations like that. Like that's really, it's 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 really scary out yeah. here. And like, so how many jobs have you had since you came out?
0: Ah, let's see. Since I came out. Okay. So. Oof. I, 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 there was one phase that I was jumping from job to job. So a lot of jobs, like mostly, mostly I was jumping because uh, some of the income that some of the jobs were not, were not, Enough to sustainable to, to to pay my the things that I have to pay right now. I'm working one job and uh, I I'm lucky that it pays enough that I can manage to pay everything that I need to pay. But there was yeah. a point in time that I was just jumping from job to job. And um, one of the things that, like you mentioned, like like it's it's scary because you don't know what they're going to do with that information and and like also like. People's perception changes, and and, and 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 just because we have gender doesn't mean that, like, when somebody's reviewing an application, like in my case, I, like I mentioned, I submitted a, a college transcript, you know, yeah. And yeah. then they are kind of like, oh, okay, so what's going on, like, and and then because also I don't fit the normal femininity because you know I'm, I'm big, I I'm five seven. It's difficult to 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 hide who I am, you know. Yeah, um, we're tank women. So people are also like having that in their mind, of like the gender bias too, you know. And mm-hmm. That has an impact when you are searching for a job, you know, and just because yeah. there's gender doesn't mean that they can just tell you, well, we choose somebody else and they don't need to tell you that reason, you know. Because right. just decide whatever reason they want to, that's why they don't tell you like, oh, we decide to project you because of whatever reason. If it's not, if they don't mention the word trans then there's no discrimination case, but that doesn't mean that they're thinking probably went that way, you know?
1: Right, and then there's the instances where you have to listen to how they're interviewing you because transphobia, just like racism, became a little bit more covert once law started protecting people from it. Mm -hmm. So you start hearing like these questions that are being asked. Like one time I was asked like, so how many surgeries are you planning on having? Oh gosh. That's illegal. Like, well, he said, well, I'm just asking because, like, if we do hire you, we'll have to schedule around your surgeries. And I was like, how do you know I'm having surgeries? Are you telling me that I need a surgery? Are you like, do you assume that every trans person gets them? Like, why are you overriding rules of engagement for your curiosity and breaking the law? Like that's that's transphobic, but then you have to prove that as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So working in um, what, what I'm, the picture I'm painting here for the listeners who are listening to this episode is that trans existence in the workspace is just as dangerous as it is in in real life, and you have to deal with even more. Um, Uh, cattiness, you have to deal with people being real covert with their biases, racism, transphobia, like, um, misogyny, all of that stuff is is happening to you all at once. And like, I asked you how many jobs that you went through, because I know exactly how many I went through before transitioning, I worked one job for almost like 20 years. Mm -hmm. After transitioning to this current time, I have had 17 different jobs. Wow. Wow. 17. And there were some that I left because I wasn't making enough money, but a majority of them I left because I wasn't making enough money and I had to deal with transphobia every day. I've worked at jobs where I was misgendered all day. I've worked at jobs where I was isolated because nobody wanted to deal with me because I was an anti quote freak. I've had men repulsed by uh, my body. I've had women scared of my strength. I know you've had to deal with those kind of things, and I, I know because uh, I, I follow you. I'm, I'm a fan. I also follow you on Facebook. Uh, I've, I've seen some of the hardships that you have went through.
0: I, I, I work in retail, and uh, mm. I, I don't want to set a company because I, I don't want anybody. Yeah, you don't have to. But I, I work in retail, and uh, mm. I got in retail because I, I needed money. You know, um, right? And and and. And it's interesting sometimes to see how some people react when they interact with me. I have a good interactions. I have had interactions like, that are just like, gosh, this is... I, I just don't want to be here, you know? Right, right. Like one time I was at my job and this person comes like, excuse me, sir, madam, whatever. And I'm like... Okay, whatever. How can they help you if that's going to be the way that they're addressing me? That was that was awful, honestly. Like that, and that was that that's almost constantly. I had another interaction that uh, a woman she just stopped me and said, like, Excuse me, miss. And then I turn around and it's like, Oh, I mean, sir. And I'm like, It's just because you're ponytail and like trying to justify why she right. decided to switch in the pronouns. I'm just like, uh, I'm sorry, but no, I. I don't want to help you <laughs> right, right. do my job. And
1: it, 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 it's really hard um, because a lot of people don't hear these stories. And then when they do hear them, they don't believe them. But then there's altogether another group of people and that's where I've been leading you down this path the entire time. I said, I follow you on Facebook. I've heard you talk about some of the things that have been going on in your life. And Facebook, I want to remind everybody, Facebook is a site in which you get to journal your life. You get to write a diary, pretty much, of what you're going through. And for trans people, that sometimes that's a lifeline. You you post something, someone else who's going through the same thing as you sees it, they relate to you, and then you have a conversation. But what's going on in your comments, and I'm I'm going to address them fully, feel free to hold back if you must, but I am Tranos and I will not. I've seen you talk about like your plight and how like currently you're looking for another job. Mm-hmm. You You've been given an offer for another job. It doesn't feel like it suits you. You have trepidations about it and that's your business. You're allowed to feel that way. Yeah. But what I've seen a lot in one comment that was going on, and I'm gonna say it with my whole chest, was white people, some of them being white queer people, like kind of just like dismissing how you feel and telling you what your experience should be without living it you would i be correct in that assumption
0: you 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 are correct honestly like like you're correct like that there were uh people that were just pushing me to take the job just because you know um yeah. and I'm the kind of person like like I don't know much about the company. That's number one. I don't know if I'm going to feel safe at that company. That's number two, uh, right. because it's not the area where I work. It's not a company like like the one that I work, which seems to be a little bit more um, trans friendly. You know, um, right. I, have, I have my coworkers that are supportive where I work now. Um, right. But um, the other company, it's in a little bit further away from the um city area so you know like i have my concerns I've, i i cannot jump to a fast conclusion about taking a job and then there's a factor that i had to analyze too, which i think people forgot about it because it, when you get a job offer it's not only about the income and the income that they offer me honestly wasn't it it was because eh, it was similar great. to what I'm earning right now so it's not like there's a there's I don't feel excited about it because it's not like I'm going to be earning way more than I'm earning right now, which will be more helpful uh, considering that I have a lot of like debt and also considering that New York State is just freaking expensive to live in. But there's also the other factors that I needed to consider too that I haven't even considered at the moment that I needed, right. needed to check first. So I wasn't just because I was okay, I got a job offer doesn't mean that I'm going to take a job, you know? Right. So, so there were already people that were pushing me just to take the job because it was different, something different, but like I needed to make a whole decision. I can't just jump into a chip and I've made that mistake before I was jumping from job to job and I didn't consider things like truly. So I don't want to make the same mistake again, especially now right. where I'm getting some other things that more than my wage, I have, I health have insurance, I have I'm purchasing stocks in the company that I, that, that I work for. So there's a bunch of other benefits that I'm getting. So I needed to compare that, too, because I just don't want to jump into a different job and then realize, like, oh, gosh, the benefits are awful or this company is doing like things
1: or people are treating you unfairly or you have to face transphobia. That's what I was trying to lead to. What I'm leading to is a lot of the conversations that were being had in your comments didn't take into account any of those things. First, what it didn't take into account. And this is where I get censored. This is what you've all been waiting for. It's none of their fucking business why you chose to do what you did. You don't have to justify what you did. And and, and another thing is, the second thing is, I noticed that none of these derogatory or dismissive comments came from any trans people. It was just a lot of cis hetero or cis homosexual people casting these judgments on you because, to prove my point... Um, In relationships, even interpersonal relationships, there is a certain amount of skepticism that goes into uh, being friends or hearing the plight of a trans person. And when you're saying that you need to take a couple moments to step back and look at the uh, entire picture before you make a decision as a trans person, I understand that completely because that's something that you have to do as a trans person. You get comfortable in a place that people know you. You're kind of protected there. You you have the, the things you need to keep the things that you have going, going, seeing as though that we are trans people and we, we are on the lowest end of the, like, actual pay rate on, um, like, curve like we're not like a rich people there's not a lot of rich trans people so you have to take those things into consideration and there was no consideration taken for those things being weighed by you it was just a lot of people telling you what you should do i even saw one gentleman i'm not going to say his name stated that he was going to un- not unfriend you but he was going to put you on silent because he was tired of hearing about what you go through and i wanted to iterate to you, like as a friend, like nobody should be talking to you like that
0: at all. It, it was tough to read that comment. And while I understand it's just like. it just sound as dismissive as as when somebody tells you like, oh, you don't need that. You, you need to be working more or you need to be more positive, you know, right. uh, it's it's.
1: Did you get any of those kind of comments before transitioning? Did anybody talk to you that way before you transitioned? I,
0: I don't know because before I transitioned, like since I moved from Puerto Rico, not many people knew me around the area. Honestly, like, like like that's like I've been getting to know people around. You know, like there's so many people that have known me since day one because like I moved from Puerto Rico to here. That's that that's number one. It's like people will make assumptions, you know, but like when it comes to a job offer, like I'm pretty sure like, I think it was unfair that comment because like, I'm pretty sure if somebody's looking for, for a job, you probably are going to step back and look at the whole picture. You're not just going to jump into a, Oh, I got a, an offer from this way. I'm going to jump here quickly. You right. You need to look at the whole picture. You know, you can't, we're forced like, to
1: look at the whole picture,
0: like, like quickly and jump into deciding something, you know, and, I still wasn't sure if I wanted to work for that company. I went there for an interview and though I found the company interesting. I was I still was after I left the interview, I still wasn't sure if I wanted to work there.
1: right and you're allowed that everyone's kind of allowed that but for some reason in your comments everyone was kind of commenting like you weren't allowed that space and i i saw it and i wanted to like jump in there and fight for you but i didn't think it was my place and i didn't like know what your relationship with these people were but i definitely could tell like that there was just a lot of like white people white cis people Telling you how you should respond in something that you have to live with every day, something that you have to like deal with. And I think um, a lot of the thing that wasn't happening was consideration to the plight of your existence as a trans person makes things a little bit like. Now I don't want to say harder, but if we have to take time to step back and think about how we might be in danger, how this might affect our bills, how this might affect our health because a lot of us are out here paying for our hormones out of pocket. Oh, yeah. Even though yep. like we live in a state that covers HRT, we still have to pay lots of money out of our pocket sometimes depending on which insurance we choose because there's no education on and, it. And
0: that's what that that was one of the things because like uh, like the insurance that I have right now even though it's like it's, it's it's it may not be the best insurance, but it, it, it's the insurance provided by my employer. I don't pay a lot of money for for my hormones, but but, but then the other plan that, that the insurance that they offer, like apart right from the bad, I look at the benefits and like they they were awful. Like the, the cost of the insurance was like more okay. expensive. Which pretty much means that if I take that job, I will be getting a pay cut instead of like a raise. And yep. then on top of that, the deductible, which is the deductible, is something that any every health insurance has. So the higher the deductible, the more difficult it is for the insurance to cover you. And
1: how much trans procedures does it cover?
0: I I, I wasn't sure. It was it was well it's one of the health insurance that it it's one of the best insurance around. But still, the 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 deductible was really high, and I already right. came from a I already had an experience a few years ago where I had a one of those insurance that had a high deductible and i have bills that i haven't been able to pay because they didn't cover too much and it wasn't even for a surgery related for uh that uh, for trans, it was just like maybe visiting a, a doctor take care of something that i had to deal with so
1: right right and like there's no education going on around that and there's no open spaces where we get to talk to each other so when you go on facebook to post something like that, I think, in my mind, that it's just you venting how you feel, telling someone that can't talk back what you have to say, but then we have to figure, we have to factor in, people will comment on it nine times out of ten i'm hoping that another trans person like myself will see it and understand send you that heart letting us letting you know that we understand exactly where you are because we have to deal with it too but for me to go into that comment space and see how everyone was speaking to you and they were almost speaking to you like you were some kind of like child that needed to be yeah. scolded yeah and like you're not a child you're, you're not subhuman we're sorry as trans people shout out to you assholes i'm not going to name any of you But if you listen to this show and you hear my voice, you will know I'm talking directly to you. Shout out to you assholes who decided that you get to pass judgment on a group of people and that you're tired of hearing about the terrible things that we have to live by people like you. If you have a problem with all the sadness that you hear from trans people, then you should help us stop it from happening other than turning your other cheek. But that's an American problem. And we'll get back to that in a couple seconds. So, in summation, fuck y'all.
0: Leave my homegirl
1: alone.
0: And I said it. <laughs> thank you. And uh, the, the the other thing too is like this is not the first time that I have to deal with a similar situation because I also have concern about like I've been thinking about maybe moving to a different state, but like in other cities that's also create other problems too. And uh, a, a few months ago, I had a, I had somebody that. I consider a a good friend Mm -hmm. and they were like, Oh, move to South Carolina. I mean, no, to South Carolina. And I'm like, no, I don't want to move to South Carolina. They started like harassing, harassing. And even at one point, just like, um, that person wrote, like, uh, stop being a pussy. Right. And and I'm like, I say, no, why, why you continue insisting me to move to a place like South Carolina? I mean, like, do I really want to go to South Carolina? Like nobody after wants what to go been to South Carolina. Down there was like some of the laws that they've been passing recently. Nope. Right. nope. Like, and this is coming from again, coming from a cis person that is not understanding the experience. And like, their experience was different because they're a cis person. They are not going right. to understand what trans people probably are facing down there unless they go and talk to trans people down there and see what they're experiencing. You know. I'm from North Carolina
1: and I'll never go back to North Carolina because of the laws that they pass. Like, it's just not a safe space. It's not really a safe space being a queer person in general, but when you're trans and they're passing all these laws to stop you from existing, it's even worse. And South Carolina's laws are 10 times worse. than North Carolina's it's terrible down there. And I've had friends do the same thing. Like they just don't take the level of danger that you're actually in, the consideration. And I think that's what was happening in your comments. I think people were listening to what you had to say, but not really hearing you. Like what you were saying is that you had a lot of things that you had to weigh out before you could take this job. And you get to talk about those things. You get to weigh those things out because it's your life. And for them to be upset about you not making the decision that they think you should make is a very privileged thing. And I would like every last one of the people in those comments to just realize that, that you are suffering from a privilege that has absolutely nothing to do with finances it has nothing to do with finances and everything to do with people's lack of compassion for trans people it's it's called metaphysical skepticism that's the third time i've said it metaphysical skepticism allows trans people to say i mean cis people to say things like this to trans people oh i don't have a problem with trans people i love trans people be who you want to be and then They get to pick you apart with microaggressive comments, like the ones that are in the comment thread that you had, which are all based in transphobia. It's all transphobia. They just said it with a nice tone, like an old Southern lady.
0: I feel like it's more of like not, you know, thinking that because this hasn't happened to me, this will not happen to you. And because we have lost, it's unlikely that bad things are going to happen to you. And that's unnecessary the case. It's like when I think sometimes, sometimes like, like I mentioned, I'm from Puerto Rico, you know? And right. there are times that I have to have a, like, ah, oh, maybe I should return back to Puerto Rico, you know? Because like honestly, like the company that I work, they have the same stores down there too. Like I could work down there, you know? There's not a, 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 too much of a difference, you know?
1: Right, but then you got to take all of that other stuff into consideration then, before you move.
0: Then my brain goes right. into like, do I want to be living in Puerto Rico knowing that this has happened like a few years ago, I think it was uh 2020, early in 2020, we had the case of like trans woman that got killed in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, The
1: one where the girl got, the girl got stoned.
0: Yeah. Um, so like the, 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 it's like, do I want to go to Puerto Rico and live in a place where I could probably face more discrimination, even though maybe it will not happen. I could face more discrimination than I'm facing here. And even possibility of me getting killed, uh, you know. So, like I said, a decision cannot be taken quickly. I have to take those factors into consideration, you know. And then it's like, okay, so what if I've taken this job and then out of a sudden, at first everything is fine, but then out of a sudden, like people turn out to be transphobic, you know? And then right. so, how does that help me? You know?
1: Like, how do you navigate that? Like, I uh. I have like uh, some friends that live in Denver and I love them dearly. Like they are great people. And like uh, hanging out with them makes me love being around them in Denver. So for a time I was like, maybe I should move to Denver. Like I really like it there. I really like the atmosphere. No, what I liked was hanging around my friends when I felt safe. I can't rely on them to be around me a hundred percent of the time. So then I have to factor in, I have to factor in, the state legislature that's going on there i have to factor in the fact that the state senator for uh, um, denver colorado is lauren Bo- bobert no thank you um I have to figure in, like, how much violence has happened to trans people. Is there a large black trans community in Denver? I have to ask myself, am I going to be able to fit in that in that mode? As a 40, I'm going to be 42 years old in 32 days. As a 42-year-old, am I going to be able to keep up with the pace of that city? Am I going to find it hard to make friends? Am I going to f- be able to find a partner there? All those things have to go into consideration, not to mention the fact that the laws in New York State are much more progressive for me than denver so even though new york state laws aren't a hundred percent ironclad i still have more freedom here than i would there so i have to take that into consideration and that's how you have to think about breaking down taking one job from another job or moving from one apartment to another apartment or leaving a neighborhood where you feel safe those are things that we have to take into consideration all the time as trans people because the danger that we live through is very fucking real exactly but for But for some reason, like cis people just sometimes don't get it. It don't click to them. And then when it don't click to them and we keep telling them that, hey, I have to take this into consideration, they then see it as us complaining and not listening to their advice. We don't need your advice, to be totally honest with you. We can't take advice from someone who doesn't live the experience that we do. We can hear you out. We can do all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, if someone has to make a decision based upon their life for somebody who's going to be unreliable and most likely not be there, I'd rather not hear your fucking advice
0: exactly it's uh it's yeah you said it you said it yeah it's
1: because when you're starving who's gonna feed you
0: and 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 that's like you know we've been talking about my life as a trans person but then also i also have to consider that, that like i tell some people in that, that i'm close it's like i pass as white until i open my mouth and that yeah. also create other issues and i've been at jobs like a, I used to work as a cashier and um, I remember having to with customers that will approach me. We'll go like, oh, you have an accent. I'm like, at, at first I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, all right. I have an accent. And then we'll play the game of like, where, guess where I'm from game. And oh, God. <laughs> I, it would go something like this. Oh, where are you from? Are you from Canada? I'm like, no. Are you from Germany? I'm like, no. And then I said like, I'm from Puerto Rico, and then this thing, this thing happened. But you don't look like a Puerto Rican.
1: Oh, what's that? What's that about? What? What? I've been told by people that I don't sound like a Caribbean.
0: It's. It was one of those things that I questioned, but then I heard, and, and, and I don't know if you ever heard, uh, Fluffy, the comedian, Bill uh, yes. Iglesias. He has this amazing if anybody gets a chance, uh, it started with Cuban coffee, that's how the the, the, the chart is called, but he started talking about how Puerto Ricans, Dominicans and Cubans we come from all the colors of the rainbow, from very, very white to very very black. And right. after I heard that from him, I memorized that. And then whenever yeah. a customer will come to my register and will play that game, of like, where where are you from? When they say, like, but you don't look Puerto Rican. Listen, as my friend Gabriel Iglesias used to say, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans and Cubans, will all come from the color of the rainbow, from very, very white, from very, to very, very black. And they will give me the circle, like, because I got right. tired. I got tired of those microaggressions that happened. It's not like right. what people tell, when I tell somebody, I used to tell somebody, oh, I'm from Puerto Rico, and it's like, oh, so you speak Spanish? And I'm like, yeah, I speak Spanish. Oh, I also speak Spanish. I know how to say beer and don't el baño. Like, uh, but you? I have to yeah. learn the whole language just to survive here, and you're telling me that you know Spanish because you know two words? <laughs> like, seriously? <laughs> like beer and where's the bathroom? Can you go to Puerto Rico and live with those two words? No. So
1: I feel I kick myself every once in a while because when I was given the opportunity to learn Spanish, I took French instead. And now I regret it. I like French. Like, I feel like I, I, took, I took a
0: semester of French when I went to uh, one of the community colleges in here. and I, I took years 12 years of French. When, I, when people started asking me about where, where I was from, and we'll play that game of like, oh, guess where I'm from? And they will say Canada. And I'm like, we? And then, like, oh, you're from Canada. No, I'm just a senior from Puerto Rico. Just because you <laughs> wanted to tease people.
1: I took 12 years of French. And then I graduated. And there was nobody to speak French with. Oh, that is sad. So it's just a waste. Like, I, I learned all that French. Like, I could speak conversational French for a long time. And then over time, it just, I didn't
0: get the chance to use it. I lost it. I, I took, uh, in college in Puerto Rico, I took four semesters of uh, Italian. Oh, okay it was my way of getting an ECA without having to study too hard because Italian and Spanish are very similar but I went for semester of Italian I remember being able to like understand it and speak it like relatively easy I haven't again I haven't used it in quite some time so like yeah it's 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 forgotten I still remember a little bit but it's still not uh, as good as it was when I was like um, in college. Right, right, right.
1: So so before we get too far ahead, um, this is the part of the show where I ask my listeners, uh, if you hear clicking and bubbling and probably some coughing, I'm smoking marijuana, being adult about it. (laughs) Today's pipe is a new one. His name is the Tin Man. You can attest that it looks like the Tin Man.
0: Oh, gotcha. It looks like some kind of chemical experiment. And that's from a chemical engineer, you know that.
1: (laughs) So while I take this small hit, like just reflect on some of the things that we've been talking about. So what we've been talking about, first off, is uh, metaphysical skepticism. I've said it for the fourth time. Secondly, we've talked about like the lack of consideration for trans people's plight overall. And then we talked about autonomy. I know a lot of people have been talking about uh, bodily autonomy, but we're also talking about like Trans autonomy. Trans autonomy is constantly under attack. When we say something is happening to us, you don't listen to us. When we fight for ourselves, you tell us we're too aggressive. When we step back to make decisions, you tell us we're being pussies. And with that being said, I'm going to take this hit.
0: smooth you okay
1: it was smooth okay it was a smooth hit uh don't worry I cough every episode sorry because I got baby lungs oh that was refreshing now let's jump back on the ass um uh I started noticing that phenomenon that was going on in your comments because it's happened to me before. Um, The first job I was telling you about the warehouse job where they were found not guilty. I asked every law office here for help, and they told me no. They said that people wouldn't be sympathetic to my plight. Um, They also factored in the fact that like judges weren't being really nice to black people, which they weren't willing to confront They weren't being nice to trans people, which they weren't willing to confront. I went to every, uh, I went to the Out Alliance and they jerked me around talking about they could find somebody to help and then they just didn't. So I, I put something on Facebook about what had been going on. And like I said that I wanted to set up a protest in front of the job for what they did and so that we can make them answer for it. And a person who is like a a friend of mine like dismissed what I had to say immediately. Um, They said something to the effect of the one, they downplayed my advocacy as a queer person my entire life. Um, Two, they just kind of were like, well, that's welcome to the world of being a trans person. Now this is welcome to the world of being a trans person from a person who's not trans. That's. Um, they told me I need to get up and dust myself off cause it's gonna happen a lot more, which I'm like, fucking thanks for that. Like, cause I'm the one who has to live through how many more times this happens, not you. And like, they pretty much were just like, yeah, like shit or get off the pot. You are either gonna do the protest or you're not. I'm like, well, I'm trying to set up the protest and you're sitting in my comments dismissing how I feel the lived experience I've been through. And not only are you displaying a level of transphobia while doing it, you're also being a fucking misogynist because when I, and I have memories of when I identified as a man, because when I identified as a man, I breathed fire. I don't know if you've seen a lot of my wrestlings. I've watched a lot of yours, uh-huh. but I don't know if you've oh, you've seen back far enough to when I was actually Gabriel Saint, like n-
0: nobody said smart shit to Gabriel. I haven't gotten that far back, to be honest with you, but yeah, I assume, like, uh, uh, like, racing fire uh, is something that I have seen. We have in in in, in Albany we have a what we call spin Jam. So there's people that join together and they do fire spinning and all that kind of stuff. So like, it's I know what you're talking about. Yeah,
1: I wrestled. I wrestled. Um. Uh, immortal. I used to wrestle in, in immortal, and I wrestled with uh, Chip Stetson. Ah, Chip Sesson one of my old trainers.
0: OK. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, when I was Gabriel, I didn't get a lot of that talk back shit that I get now in comments. like I would say how I felt. I would say something was wrong and everybody was gung ho to follow me in to do something about it. But now as a trans person, when I have evidence that something is wrong and can prove it and then try to bring people together, I get people in my comments telling me that I'm doing the wrong thing because I need to wait my turn as a trans person because we're all too busy fighting other wars, which is pretty much what was said by the person that I, that I cared for. I still care about them. But like I handle them with kick gloves now because they prove to me that when push comes to shove, they will err on the side of transphobia. Even though, like, they call me their family, they call me their blood. We're part of the same house. They're transphobic, and this is a queer black person being transphobic. But when you when you bring it up, like, you get told totally, that you're complaining too much. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm kind of seeing that happening in your comments, and it's not the first time I've seen it. I've actually, you and me have actually talked about it before yeah. about somebody talking down to you, and I just. I hate seeing my sisters go through that. And I hope you don't mind me calling you my sister because I don't really have a lot. That's so. That's
0: okay, that's acceptable. I consider you my sister too, even though, but it's it, it's it's also interesting to hear you what you're facing because it's like, my gosh, I can't relate to some of the things that you're talking about too. You know? Right. And I, I guess these are things that are universal that we all experience as friends people and those are things that happen. Sometimes I like, just don't having that connection with somebody else that's going through as I'm saying yeah, you know, like it, it makes us feel like we're being ignored, you know? Yeah a, a
1: deep uh de-prioritized, ignored undervalued um uh, not given consideration it happens all the time and like i i've seen it happen so many times to you and i reached out to you because I, I knew you and me were scheduling something for the show and i just kind of wanted to like make sure that i reassured you that somebody is hearing you and that we understand and relate to what you're going through because we're going through it too and that if any point in time you get into another situation where your comment thread or your post or your videos are getting bombarded with that kind of shit, feel free to tag me in because I I, I have a overabundance of hatred to use. And I will roast these people into the ground with no problem. I will definitely get kicked off of Facebook for what I will say. It's <laughs>
0: like, it's it's OK to I appreciate the support, honestly, like like I sometimes I. I, I try to be respectful because sometimes I kinda like I feel like I understand that where people come from, but like I think that sometimes they just don't know how to express it honestly. But I feel like sometimes some people just don't want to understand the whole extent of the situation, you know? And that's it's yeah. like that's where it comes to a point where they decide to shut me down completely, you know, because they don't want to hear anymore, you know. And right, well, I I got uh I,
1: I understand what you mean by like you try to like respect where they're coming from, but this is your life. This is your life. And if they're not going to fight by you, then move out of the way so that somebody else that will support you can Don't bring your, bu- your bullshit here. If you're tired of hearing about it and you don't want to act, then be quiet. But don't fucking—they shouldn't talk down to you. Their perspective on what you're going through is seen through rose-colored glasses. They'll never see it the way you do. So, as upset as they can get, they still don't have to live it. You do,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it doesn't give them carte blanche to talk to you that way. And and I've been a trans—I've known I was trans since I was four. I've been out like less than ten years. I've been out less than ten years now. But I've learned to read microaggression, like hieroglyphs, And what I've seen in some of those comments is its just that. It's literally people dis, devaluing you, dismissing how you feel, uh, not seeing, refusing to see your perspective, refusing to take things that you have to take into consideration, and then they're giving you life advice that if you deny, then you are punished for. That's not a friendship. That's somebody dealing with a subordinate. You don't work for them, they don't pay you. If you if your lights go out right now, who who out on that list can you ask for help? If you run out of food, can you ask any of them for help? I, I have already been in that position. That's the sad part. Right. And, uh, have you, if person, you go if you go somewhere and you get attacked, which one of them can you call?
0: My choices were like, uh, geez. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Right. Like you have to rely on the advice and the and the guidance. From people who walk the path with you, not people who've never been there. They're, they're looking at the map upside down, telling you how to live, where to go, how to be, where, what time you need to be there. And like, I, I, I just, I hate to see it. And I'm, I'm glad it's not like, it's not breaking you, and you have the understanding. But a little, uh, I don't know if I'm older than you, but so I don't know if I'm calling myself big or little sister. But uh, Sister Tranos is not in a position to let any of her sisters be uh, de- degraded by anyone. So if I see it from now on and you allow me to, and you want me to, you say my name and I will show up like Candyman. I swear I will.
0: Okay, thank you. Well, that's not like what you mentioned. It's like, I guess it's not many people honestly. Like like i was been through like tough tough situations. Like Like there was one time I ended up close to being homeless again, New York City is expensive, like, and and, and at the time, like, the, the, the income that I was getting was nothing. It was, it was very little. Yeah. I almost ended up uh, homeless. I got lucky that somebody helped me, but, like, there's so many people, like, like, I feel if I were to lose my job or if I couldn't work for whatever reason, like, I don't know what I would be doing, honestly. And those are right. things that are like, actually one of my biggest fears, honestly. Like like those things are like, like I know if things like that were happening, I I don't know what I would be doing, honestly.
1: Yeah, there's a fear in all of us for those things to be happening. And and the the reason why I understand it is because it's a fear that I have too. Like I have that fear. Like I've been through times where like I didn't know where my next meal was coming on. I didn't know if my lights were going to be cut off. I like I had no idea how I was going to put gas in my car, if I was even going to be able to keep my car. And I'll tell you one thing, the advice of people like that's not what got me through. My sisters did. Mm-hmm my my brothers did, my fellow non-binary siblings got me through that stuff because they understand and they understand the call for mutual aid, especially minority of uh, trans people. We know what it's like. And like, if I had the money to, I would make sure that, that never happened to you again, but we're all struggling. yeah, And we gotta find a way to, we gotta find a way to uplift each other because there's so many people out there who are willing to tear us down yeah but will call themselves allies at the end of the day. They don't, they don't realize I've like
0: also been helping uh, some people in, the, in, in, in my community, too, that sometimes, because I, I don't like food insecurity. Sometimes it's an issue. So, like, I've been helping whenever I can. Um, yeah. I work in a grocery store, and, like, it's easier for me to, like, okay, what what you need? What can I get you? I will see if I can get you that, you know. And whenever I can help, I help because, like, it's difficult sometimes, you know, like like right. what you mentioned is so true, you know, like like transportation sometimes is an issue for a lot of like us, too, you know, because, right. again, cars are expensive. New York City is expensive. Public transportation is dangerous. Public transportation is dangerous. Yeah. 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 I, I used to take public transportation before I got my car. I used to take public transportation. And I can't tell you, like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, right.
1: yeah. How many times you've been accosted, or someone said something to you, or you've been threatened? And like, I, I wish
0: you know, that instead you of know people what's hearing, because my brain is like, okay, I don't, I'm not too feminine. I, I, I have doubts about how I look, my looks, and all that kind of stuff. And then I step in the bus, and then a random person comes to the bus and decides to sit near me. Yeah. And first question that pops out: Are you a man or a woman?
1: Right.
0: Why do you need to know? Well, I'm... And sometimes I just, like, when was I... I can be whatever you want me to be. And then it's like, oh, I don't play that game. I'm like...
1: Right, well, like, what game are we playing? Like, I got on, on the bus. Night? Like, like
0: and, and then conversation, but like, gosh. And then I had one time, I, uh, I used to take the late bus at night, and there was one person that that... That person I saw, I saw them in the bus, and they would come out so hard on me. Like they, they would be like, "Oh, uh, what's your name?" And like, uh, I don't want to tell you my name. I don't know who you are. Well, if you don't tell me your name, I'm going to call you your chance. Like, come on now. Uh, yeah. Well, can you tell me your name? No. And it's like, what about a kiss? Can you give me a kiss? I'm like, no. Oh my god. Like that kind of stuff happened to me. And yeah. Even in Albany, one time I was just walking around, like I'm just waiting for the light to change so I could cross the street. And out of, of a sudden came a car, and out of a sudden came a cis person, cis couple, and started yelling at me, Hey, you are a dude. I'm like, Oh gosh.
1: That's, right. That's, right like and those that that's the those are cumulative things that you have to deal with throughout your day and those are the reasons why you have to make such decisions about everything that you do from now on, because everything that we do comes with a certain level of danger and like comes with a certain level of risk because everything that we're doing is on the line every day. Like everything that we own, every place that we feel safe is on the line. And it's, it means a lot to be able to come home to a place and feel safe or to have a car. So you don't have to be on the bus and feel Uh unsafe or to have insurance so that your transition can continue like those kind of things or to be able to combat some of the uh, things that you need, like maybe you need therapy or guidance because of how you get treated every day.
0: Depression, the depression is the same. And honestly, I've been dealing yeah. with depression and like, and, and again, just having somebody to talk to and especially because transitioning, is not easy. So there's a lot of things that can affect us. And, you know, and right now, like, like, like I will say, like one of the reasons like somebody in front of me and, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Um, but they are in front of me because they were tired of me, uh, supposed to be negative and being, uh, not being positive. Me too. And, um, and this was one, one person that says like, Oh, maybe you should be working 40 hours. I'm like, I'm having a hard time now finding a therapist to talk to because now I have to work more days at my, at my job but that means that I have less time to be able to, to have open, to be able right. to schedule appointments with a the therapist, you know. I'm my job is not flexible. Most jobs are not flexible that you can just like, okay, I, I'm going to take one hour to go and see a therapist. No, most jobs, like when, when we're talking about like at least um, the lowest paid uh, jobs, uh, yeah. just like retail warehouse uh things that that require you to be there physically present you know they they sometimes don't allow for this kind of things you know so like right now i feel like my mental health ha- will have to suffer for a little bit while i find a therapist that can work with my with my hours and again like people can say yes on maybe you can find different therapists on the stuff, but like you know how difficult to find therapists that will be understand of trans issues? Right. Like Right.
1: Right. You know there's a shortage of therapists that deal with trans issues. And that there there are still therapists out here, even with the gender laws, who are transphobic. And will and will purposefully trigger trans people to harming themselves or trying to convert them which is also illegal that kind of shit still happens and th- that none of that stuff's being taken into consideration for for you and I understand that and because like it's the same happening to me and
0: then the other thing too is like um I got lucky the past two therapists that I've been having they were also part of my even though they were not trans they were hispanic they were like me pretty much they 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 came from the same background that I came from yeah, you know how how much of a difference that made because it was easier for me to have a connection to them. Like I, right. I could also speak in Spanish to them, which is something that had never happened before. Right now, I got somebody that I can speak in Spanish to if I need to. So, so to me, that was like one of the best things. So, like now, when I, I now having to go through and probably have to find another therapist, it's just not. I know it's not going to be easy. And, and and I know that that probably could end up affecting me too.
1: Yeah, it's definitely affecting you. And before it does damage to you, I wanted to like just reach out and let you know that, yeah, I see what you're going through. And I wish there was so much more I could do for you. But here's what I can offer. I can offer a listening ear. I can offer the voice of a thousand hurricanes when someone comes to harm you and i can also like offer you like a little bit of hope that like hopefully one day we'll like we'll find a space where we feel safer we'll find a space where we won't have to deal with having to make so much decisions based upon our identities um where one day like we'll be able to walk around and just like be comfortable in our skin without like having to worry about the barbs and the jabs and those kind of things and i want you to make sure that now that we've like we've we've seen each other we're, we're looking at each other on camera right now we've heard each other's voices you're hearing what i'm saying in real time like make sure that if you need me you you call
0: thank you i, appre- I appreciate if, that honestly
1: right and like and i hope it I, I hope it turns into a very long friendship because we are very few in this world, and we need to like hold on to each other when we find each other.
0: Agree, agree. And the same. Uh, now that we we got into chat again, like if you ever need me, you know. Um, yeah. And I know that I can get busy with uh, my life, but like if like you know, like write me if you ever need to. I'm there out yeah. for you. So yeah.
1: I appreciate that. And before we go, is there anything you want to say uh, to the fans out there? Maybe the, 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 fucking haters in the comments. Is there anything you want to say to them? It's,
0: you know, it is what it is. I, I really don't have much to say. It's just like, I, I just wish people were more understanding, you know, more, more open-minded, you know, um, right. Just because something happened or something hasn't happened to you. doesn't mean that it can happen to you. To a, to a trans person, you know, right? you have to, 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 to allow for people to have caution when proceeding, when proceeding with certain things, you know, if you're going to take caution to make a decision on your own, same will apply to me and even probably more because I have to consider so many other things that, that come into, into consideration too, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not like I can suddenly say, okay, I, I'm going to move or I'm going to take this job over here just because I like, know I have to consider a bunch of other things. Right. Anybody will probably, like, when it comes to a new job, you probably take a little bit of a moment and consider consider everything, you know, before taking a new job, you know? You can't just move too quickly into certain things and you're not going to do it. Then what makes you think that I, as a trans person, am going to just jump into something without taking some time to think about it and and look at the whole picture, you know, before right. moving on into something new, you know? And I think that has come to me like with honestly well, like I thought that I was going to be leaving this job that I currently had, like as long as I found a different job, you know. And then now I heard that I think I'm maybe either getting old, which I know I'm getting old, but Or maybe it's just a level of like maturity or even, as you said, it's probably fear, too, of like, okay, let me consider this first. Maybe make sure that things are not going to be too much of a change and make sure that I don't get put myself in a way worse situation.
1: I think it might be a mixture of just all of that stuff and you're allowed to feel all of that stuff. You're allowed to have to, because you know what this life entails, you know what you've been through, you know the level of protection that has not been allowed to you, so you have to make those decisions. And for the people who aren't making those decisions for you, they should probably step back and use a little bit of compassion and consideration before going to them them, them keyboard keys, because them keyboard keys is fucking them up out here in these streets. But before I get too far, uh, we've been talking for about an hour and 15 minutes now, and so with that being said, um, shout out to the fucking haters. I, I wish I didn't have to say that. I think that fucking, that, that term, that phrase is so cliche, but like, shout out to the fucking haters. Um, this has been Trenos and the Lived Experience. I'm your host, Camryin, Eileen, Maharet, Jarrell, a.k.a. Trenos. Say that shit with your whole chest, or I, I'll screwdriver you off the off a dresser, and miss the bed and break your arm. This has been the show that has been reminding you that metaphysical, uh, um, uh, oh my God, I lost my word. Well, we we said it five times now, right? Metaphysical skepticism. There it is. There it is. That metaphysical skepticism is a thing and it is also a vehicle of transphobia. Um, Also, this is the show that says, leave my sister alone or I'll beat your ass and your legs until your head falls off. Have a good one.